Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under Networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Alright, what's up, Pels fans? Welcome to a somber episode of The Bird Calls as the Pelicans fall to the Thunder on the road and lose all five of their games on this incredibly important West Coast road trip and fall to 4-6 and six after an electric 4-0 and start. I'm your host and contributor to TheBirdRights.com as well as B-Ball Index, Preston Ellis. And today we've got the whole gang. Kevin's going to be joining us in a moment. For now, we have Ali Cosell, Editor-in-Chief to TheBirdRights.com. I know you're heated, Ali, but let's just be jovial up front. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm not heated. I'm just disappointed in what we're watching because this is not at all the team. That- we see the news that teen vaping's on the rise, but teens see something else. Internet videos that talk up fun flavors and downplay the dangers of nicotine. How can parents talk so kids will listen? Use facts. One, nicotine can rewire teens' brains. Two, it can make kids more anxious. Three, changes to the brain can be permanent. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. We saw during the first week of the season. So we'll get to all that good stuff, though. All right. Follow him at Ali Cosell. Next up, I think just joining us is Kevin Berrios, another contributor from thebirdrice.com. Kevin, are you with us? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, I was having some technical difficulties, but I'm all signed in now. Well, you sound delicious. You can follow him at Kevin B for Bounce. And finally, the man with the beautiful baritone bass voice, uh, Mr. David Grubb of Crescent City Sports. David, what's going on, man? Glad to be back, guys. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I think this is our first pod as a group in probably about a month or so. But anyway, there's a lot to talk about. We're very excited in the most negative way possible. And I know we each have a take on this. I'll briefly uh, introduce it. 20 turnovers, 100 points allowed through three quarters, 64 points in the paint, uh, missed free throws at the most critical junctures by Ian Clark and Julius Randle. But they, they should not be the scapegoats in this one. They played very, very well. The scapegoat in this one is who other than Anthony Davis, Ali Cosell, our MVP candidate, a man who can do no wrong, looked disinterested from the tip, looked the same way he looked against Golden State. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's fading from my memory. 
Um, anyway, uh, at one point in the third, he was 15 of his last 40 shots. He was negative 22 plus minus over 30 minutes at one point, was being badly outplayed by Czech Diallo, who came in and gave the Pelicans the necessary energy they needed to make multiple runs. Ali, what went wrong today for Anthony Davis? I don't know. I hope somebody asks him because he doesn't look like the Anthony Davis that we all love. And I'm, I don't want to hear any more of this talk about, hey, you got to give this guy a little bit of leeway for coming back from the elbow. What I saw tonight that really upset me was a guy for 48 minutes who looked completely indifferent as to what was going out on the floor. Um, you know, pick any instance when he's coming back in the game, he's wearing a big smile. You know, when his team is down eight to some of the decisions he was making um, – for instance, we've talked about it often, but in past years, Anthony Davis was a kind of a reluctant scorer as to where he settled all too often. And this was especially the case when he had a smaller defender matched up against him. Well, during the first week of the season, uh, kind of a carryover from preseason, the way he finished really last season, he would use his athleticism, his size, you know, banging down low, trying to get himself open, trying to get a good shot tonight, all night. Every single minute he was out there, he settled. Um and when your jumper's not clicking, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And, of course, there was a few bad turnovers. But, again, bad turnovers made by the entire team. Uh, the lack of focus is just incredible. And I know that these guys are tired. They've been away from home forever. And that usually crops up for teams that are traveling on a very long road trip. You know, you just don't have the same focus. But you know what? When you've lost uh, five games in a row, four on this uh, road trip, you've got to be able to summon that. You know, that extra effort, that extra whatever makes you that top 1% of competitive athletes. That's why you're here in the NBA. And we didn't see any of it. So I'm just, I'm just disappointed, but especially from Anthony Davis, because as we were talking amongst all, each other before we started this pod, he has to lead. And I saw no leadership whatsoever by a guy who claims he's the best player in the league. Yeah, well said. Uh, I don't know if we can top that, but we'll sure try. Kevin, let's go over to you. Obviously, Anthony Davis wasn't the only one in this uh, upcoming matchup that that struggled tonight uh my personal lord and savior etuan Moore with three very costly turnovers and they were simply bad turnovers the kind of turnovers where you wonder what the player was thinking aaron uh one time he slipped on himself threw the ball up into the air to the defender easy fast break kevin what was your big takeaway from tonight's loss that was a, it was tough man like these last few games have all sort of been the same where they give you these moments of hope and it's like the worst thing that they can give you because they've been playing all game and then you think all right they're gonna pull it off and it's gonna be one of those games that unifies the team and uh locks them in and gets them focused uh you know one of the you know one of those ugly games can sort of make you gel and um make you improve afterwards and we keep getting on the cusp of that keep making runs at the end to pull it close or even take the lead for a little while finally. And then it just falls apart. And it's just, just, um, I don't know, disheartening to see uh, games like this, especially like tonight when you see Anthony Davis with that sort of lethargic play, you know, it was like, it felt like he was on a bunch of uh, Tylenol, Tylenol allergy sinus or something like he's, you know, out of his head and not just focused and um, just doesn't have energy. And it's, you know, it was just really disappointing. Yeah, um, we'll get to some standout performances in a second, Grub, but I'm going to let you clean this up before we head on to our next topic. Uh, Anthony Davis, uh, the play of the bench, Julius Randle was outstanding, and, you know, we'll get to the bench later. Uh, let's just start with Anthony Davis and talk about your overall impressions of tonight's loss. Well, I think you have to look at the entire starting lineup tonight. I mean, 
you know, when you get, a, what, 14 turnovers out of your primary ball handlers, you know, Drew with six, AD with five, Etuan with three, and a lot of them, like we talked, like Kevin talked about, was just they were careless turnovers. They weren't um, decisive basketball plays. And I think you saw a lot of that tonight, guys playing outside of their roles. I mean, I didn't like – I liked Wesley Johnson's activity early, but he shouldn't have been taking five three-pointers in 15 minutes. You know, like he didn't work himself into the game. And I think they did a poor job tonight of really um, allowing Nico to get some of those easier baskets that we've seen him get over the last two weeks where he's been able to get near the basket or when he's been able to take uh, one pump fake and, and get a clean shot. The passes that he was getting tonight were really late on the perimeter, and it was already an Oklahoma City defender right there. So even when he took his side step for a shot, it wasn't really a better shot. And you saw a lot of it. The movement that we saw in the first week, gone. There's no ball movement now. You see so much one-on-one by the Pelicans. You see so much reliance on Drew as a primary ball handler to get everyone involved, which makes him a less effective scorer. Uh, it's just, it, and then of course the the biggest thing that sticks out is just Anthony Davis. One block, um, Stephen Adams was just running to the rim uh, for three quarters, getting whatever shot he wanted. Or if he wasn't getting a shot, he was intimidating other people. Uh, Ad was fading away. You know, it, it just that's not an elbow. You know what I mean? That's not an elbow. Something's going on in his head. Um, something's going on with him. I don't know what it is. But, you know, one of the things we talked about during the game was who's the leader? Who's the guy who's going to grab AD by the shirt collar and say, man, we need you. We need you to play better than this. And, and that right now is, I think, is, is bigger than anything else, is who's going to be the person that, that lights the fire if he's not able to light it himself right now. Yeah, and it starts in the first quarter. The, they allow the Thunder uh, 22 points in the paint out of 36 in the first quarter. I've got some of the numbers in front of me. I'll get to that in a second. But they allowed them to shoot 71% from the field, which was the big takeaway from it. Nine fast break points of those 36 points. Of course, those two critical three-pointers from Paul George in addition to foul shots. But let's go ahead and talk about some of the positives, Ali. Um, it's, it's unacceptable to lose these six games straight. The Pelicans are in a hole now. But with that being said, you know, the, the age-old tale of Anthony Davis doesn't have any help. We can put that quite to bed at this point. Although he was right, Drew Holiday did have six turnovers on the night, 22 points, 14 assists, looked like the best player on the floor. And if he wasn't the best player on the floor, then you'd have to turn and look at Nikola Miritich, who is giving the Pelicans the spacing that they desperately need. He's bodying up against Steven Adams, fighting for rebounds. He's doing it all, 16 rebounds on the night. Didn't shoot particularly well from three-point range, but still gave you 16 points on 5 of 12 shooting. And then the guy who really got the Pelicans back into the game, along with the bench, Julius Randle, who we've been given a hard time to for his on-off numbers and his box scores, 26 points and 8 rebounds in but 28 minutes on 10 of 10 shooting from the field, two huge three-pointers on two attempts, including the one in the final minutes that put the Pelicans within two points, 116 to 118. They had been trailing by eight just a minute prior. Ali, talk about these three guys and how well they're playing and how we really don't need perfection from Anthony Davis. We just need a pretty good Anthony Davis because these three guys around him are pretty spectacular right now. I hate how you put me on a spot to talk positively now for a few minutes. I don't want to, but I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, you you nailed it. I mean, we've, we've talked about it amongst ourselves and so we can tell everybody else, but you know, Drew Holiday has probably been the best player on this team to start the season from now or from the start of the season until now. And I hate to say it, but I think Nikola Miritich is second. 
You know, so, yeah, this whole theme of Anthony Davis not having help is completely ludicrous because these guys are going out there and doing to their best of abilities, usually, um, you know, a bunch of positive stuff for Nikola Mirotic, is his rebounding. Everybody always just talks about his shooting, but it's his rebounding, his tenacity, his uh, versatility on defense to, you know, say, for instance, guard Steven Adams on one play, then he's matched up against Paul George. This guy at least gives you that effort. Um, he's always got his head on a swivel. That's what I love about him. That's how he comes up with his timely steals, by the way, because we know he's not the fastest guy, but yet he's always got a couple of steals. It seems like every important game. Uh, then of course, Drew Holiday. I mean, I've talked enough about this guy over his career that I'm, I'm just not amazed by anything he does anymore. Um, you're right, Preston. That's six turnovers. I'm not looking too hard at that one, simply because the Pelicans had no flow all night. So you're going to have a bunch of turnovers attributed even to yourself because you know, when you don't have teammates filling in the lane correctly, those those lobs aren't suddenly getting connected on. We saw him miss AD on a few of those lobs. But in general, those 14 assists, wow. If Drew Holiday isn't leading this offense, the Pelicans don't even score 100 points tonight. Uh, it was really that bad. Because outside of him, there was nobody else contributing this ball movement. And I know Julius Randle, he went 10 for 10, scored 26 points. But, man, throughout that second half, every time he caught the ball at the top of the key, he just went one on three, one on four. Whoever was in front of him, he was going and attacking the rim. Now, of course, hey, your shots drop and go ahead. Nothing else is working all night. And if you, you are moving the ball, it's resulting in turnovers anyway. So I understand that. But again, Drew Holiday's ability to just keep this team somewhat, you know, tied together at the hip, uh, or, you know, he was playing from the hip and trying to run some congruent offense. That was amazing. That was by far the biggest amazing thing tonight because they just looked so off kilter where everything was so difficult. And as you mentioned, Preston, those numbers, they say it all. Uh, the Thunder just jumped all over the Pelicans, points in the paint, points off turnovers, and, of course, uh, fast break points. Um, so, yeah, we had some stellar lines, but, again, it, it's just disappointing that your best guy wasn't there, and then they just can't find that spark that – I mean, I don't know what you want to put your finger on because we were just talking about – off the air, too, that Alfred Payton cannot be his, the glue that's holding this entire team, this entire strategy together. Um, for me, personally, I see Drew Holiday still trying to play that team concept, that Alvin Gentry ball, but really, I'm not seeing it from anybody else, and that's a problem, and I'm sure we'll talk about that soon. Why don't we uh, jump over to Alfred Payton now, because we're about to bring on uh, Kevin Berrios, who wanted the Pelicans to acquire him at the trade deadline just a year ago, and has always been a pretty good fan of his. And we've got a question from our friend Waka Waka Wakanda for you, Kevin. He says, how crucial is Alfred to getting this ship back on course? Well, I mean, again, if Anthony Davis is playing like Anthony Davis, then Alfred Payton isn't as crucial. But when you have other problems surfacing, something like having Alfred Payton will help steady the course, especially because we've seen how effective he was early on. And we've seen how, how much better Drew plays when he's able to start off the ball and then get on the ball when he gets in that rhythm first, getting his first and then creating off of that and not having to take on the full role of, uh, you know, facilitator and running the offense purely himself. And that also, you know, of course, will give less time to Tim Frazier, who is, you know, he's a solid passer. He's an okay player, but he's, you know, you'd much rather have a player like Alfred Payton, especially on the defensive end than a, player like Tim Frazier. So it would just help solve problems when you have better players. Obviously it solves problems. Um, I don't know that it 
that it's going to turn what we've seen around, but it'll definitely uh, give it a jump start. I think this could turn around without having Alfred Payton, but having him added to the mix will definitely jump start the the process. So hopefully he is back soon because, I mean, obviously uh, you want full health. You want these guys, uh, you know, used to playing with each other and having their chemistry tight um, going forward and being used to each other, really. Yeah, we uh, did have a, a tweet from Daniel Salerson a bit earlier saying that Alfred Payton said he is still a week or so away, which leads me to believe it could be over a week. The Pelicans have the Bulls, the Suns before getting the Raptors next Monday on the 12th. It would be delightful to have him back by then. David, let's continue on that same line of thinking. Uh, right now, the Pelicans have a problem, not just in Alfred Payton being out of the lineup, but they seemingly don't know who to go to for that fifth position in the starting lineup and the guy who's going to get the primary minutes in his absence. They've tried Solomon Hill. They've tried Tim Frazier. Now they've tried Wesley Johnson, and it doesn't seem to be working. Who is going to be that guy who can solidify that starting five for them going forward? Well, I mean, obviously, they want Alfred Payton to be that guy. Um, you know, to have that the three guard lineup and 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 go with two of the bigs. But the problem is you don't know from a night to night basis from the wings outside of your three um, you know, primary guys, what what are they gonna give you? You know, Ian has been effective in moments, but again, you know, he was a pl- a, pos- a net positive tonight, but he, he he rushed some shots, he took some bad shots, and he's he's had some pr- trouble turning the ball over. And then you talk about Wesley Johnson. We'd like to see, I think people in general would like to see more of Wesley, but it seems like Alvin has a very quick hook with him. Um, and so Wesley's trying to, jam, like tonight, he tried to jam in a lot of offense in a short amount of time. Um, I think he's a better defender than Solomon uh, and a better rebounder as well. Uh, and I think, it, you know, he's a best, nobody could be a worse shooter at this point. So you want to see some consistency. But tonight, again, I was surprised with the rotation. You didn't see Frank Jackson when you had a Dennis Schroeder on the uh, the court, who's a very quick guy um, and could be a good matchup for Frank to go against uh, offensively and defensively. And he didn't see Jalil Okafor, who against Steven Adams could have been a body for a while when Anthony Davis wasn't really providing that, that presence. Jaleel could have given you just some of that presence. Um, so even for five or 10 minutes, I thought he would make it onto the floor. So I'm still, I know Alvin Gentry is playing with rotations, but there, it feels like he's reaching, and it feels like everybody's grasping. If there's like, it's not a, a full-on desperation, but there's just this constant reaching for a formula to get the right guys on the floor. And at some point, you've got to decide what people's roles are and let them feel comfortable in them. And I can't imagine too many of the guys outside of Drew, Nico, Randall, and AD know their roles. Definitely. Ali, uh, I'm going to give you the floor here. I've, I've got a question just in regards to Rudy Gobert and Steven Adams and these giant uh, behemoth centers who give the Pelicans problems, but they're effective players for a reason. They're not just tall bodies. They give everybody problems. So just go ahead and take the floor here. Uh, do you think other teams like the Toronto Raptors are going to give more run to a guy like Jonas Valanciunas seeing the Pelicans struggle against these mammoth centers? Or do you think this is just purely a matchup thing with Rudy Gobert and Steven Adams? It's not just a purely matchup thing. I mean, it, it comes down to what your guys are doing. And we're not meeting that toughness, that grit, that determination that these guys are. And I don't care about their size. But as David alluded to when we started top of the show, um, Stephen Adams got off to a great start in the first quarter and the third quarter. Why? 
This is like a simple, easy positioning, basically underneath the basket and scored at will layups against Anthony Davis. Um, it's not that Anthony Davis is a weakling. He just honestly didn't match that effort and the intensity and in trying to keep his man outside of that, you know, that prime location. So if that continues, then yes, of course you want to keep throwing this type of um, these type of matchups at Anthony Davis, and particularly the Pelicans, because they're not reacting well to that size. They're simply not meeting that challenge. And in the NBA, every night is a battle. Uh, you've got to, you know, you got to come prepared. And Anthony Davis wasn't tonight. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it's more than just a matchup to me. I mean, Rudy Gobert, yeah, he's always a handful, but you at least have to try. You at least have to use your athleticism. You're smart. You know where his good spots are on the floor. And it's basically everything's right next to the rim for a guy like him and Adams. And so, when, like I said, when you start off and give Adams three straight possessions in the first quarter, of these easy shots, and it allows the Thunder to get off to a quick start. And then the same thing happened in the third quarter. Um, you've got nobody to blame but the guy's effort who's guarding him, and, of course, that was Anthony Davis. Yeah, uh, just to recap the game really quickly before I get to Kevin. Uh, the story was the first quarter, 36-28 to 28 in favor of the Thunder, and then the end of the third quarter where the Pelicans uh, committed several costly turnovers that gave the Thunder a 100-84 to 84 advantage. The Pelicans had been leading for a brief spurt in the third quarter, and at that point it was just playing catch-up. Uh, Kevin, I forgot what I was going to ask you, but I well, remember that it was hey, a really Grub, good question. Grub wanted to say add on to what Ali oh, was saying. Oh, go for it, Grub. Yeah, I just I just want to say it started even before Utah because you go back to the Brooklyn game and you know the, Anthony played horribly that night against um, the the Nets. I mean Brooklyn was able to keep him with Jared Allen just forcing AD out of the paint. I think he went five for thirteen against Allen that night. So I mean it's not just size as far as this the physical girth. It's big guys right now are keeping AD out of the paint offensively and he's helping them by settling for jumpers and not fighting for position. So I think there's the, the, the tape now is if you push AD out, he's not fighting back. And I think that's what teams are responding to. So, you know, even if it's Jonas Vashalunas or if it's anybody, uh, any center right now, you know, if the, con- the contest against AD is proving to be effective. Yeah, definitely. A lot of it, like Ollie says, just effort and Anthony Davis just willing his defender out of position. Uh, Kevin, I'm 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 back. I remember what my question was, and it was this this three big lineup that the Pelicans have been uh, experimenting with. Although in catch up scenarios, uh, last uh, last game we saw the Pelicans finally utilize the Nico Randall Anthony Davis uh, lineup, and it worked well. They didn't end up pulling out the victory. And then tonight we saw Nikola Meritich, Julius Randall, and Czech Diallo check in first midway through the fourth and got out to a very uh, quick eight and no start. They got the Pelicans within eight, 94 to one Oh two before finally bringing uh, Anthony Davis in for check Diallo. What have your findings been of this three big lineup so far? Yeah. I mean, it's been um small sample size and it's in like the same situation where you're in a hole and you're trying to catch up, but you know, they have been positives, you know, except for when Anthony Davis got added tonight, it wasn't, a positive and you know that goes back to the idea of like you know he doesn't have to be perfect but if he's not engaged and he's not feeling right and not comfortable then it's better to play without him because it's better to have players that are going a hundred percent than a key cog that is not and you everybody around him is used to being that way and is trying to force things to him and he's just not contributing like the team needs, it's easier to play without him in that when he's in this sort of zone, whatever that was. 
Um, and that's the same for any rotational player, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's something that creates a clear advantage. I don't think it's something that you can play with for a lot of minutes because teams will find ways to play around it, but it's something different than teams are used to seeing. So you're, you're doing something that they're not used to. You're being able to crash the boards. You have size, you have uh, defensive versatility with those guys and you have playmaking on, on, uh, you know, from Miritich and from Randall. So you're not really losing a lot. Um, especially considering who our three is, you know, we don't have a, a solid three in there. So it's just getting better players on the court. And, you know, it's something that's interesting. But of course, with the pace that we are playing at, um, you can't do it that often without having another guy step up, whether that's going to be Czech or that's going to be Okafor to absorb some of those minutes to keep those guys playing heavier minutes and playing minutes together instead of where they're staggered. Um, and that's going to be the key, but it is something that looks promising and a way to create an advantage at moments in games. Yeah. Speaking of needing better players or better production from the players coming off the bench, uh, you briefly touched on Jaleel Okafor Grubb. I'm going to throw this to Ali though. Uh, obviously we didn't see any Solomon Hill tonight. We haven't seen Frank Jackson in two games. We're getting more uh, time with Darius Miller, Tim Frazier, and Wesley Johnson. What are your thoughts on not seeing Frank Jackson out here for two nights now? I think Ollie stepped away for a second. Oh, great. Let's throw it to Grub. Grub, you're up. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I, I'm surprised that Frank hasn't played because he at least was performing with some energy, uh, was taking fairly good shots. Uh, you know, and I think he, if you're going to be losing these games, you might as well get him as much experience as you can. And you know, again, I have not understood – there have been a number of games this season where I've not understood the rotation. I mean, I understood experimenting early on, but now you're in a situation where you you can't just keep falling behind. You know, these these games do matter. You know, if you, if you miss the third, fourth, fifth, whatever seed or miss the playoffs entirely because you lost games that were winnable, um, you know, you don't get those chances back. And, and, and right now – uh, I just don't understand what is trying to be accomplished on a night-to-night basis with the lineup. Frank has to develop. They don't have a choice right now. He has to develop. Because if you're relying on Tim Frazier to give you those minutes, um, you're going to be disappointed more often than not. Tim just isn't that guy. And, you know, on nights when Etwan isn't getting his shots tonight, he only took three. Maybe Frank could have done something. Maybe Frank could have gotten to the free throw line. Maybe his speed would have helped, um, you know, create that tip because you saw Alvin tonight trying to get them to go up court at times, not allow Oklahoma City to, sh- to slow the game down. And I feel like when Drew has to have the ball as much as he did tonight, that creates uh, those opportunities for it to get slowed down because he is working so hard on both ends. He can't keep up that pace and play 40 minutes. You know, it's just impossible. So you need a guy like Frank who has the youthful energy, those spring in his legs, to be able to come out there and take some of that scoring burden when Drew is the primary ball handler and take some of that ball handling burden, um, you know, when other guards are on the floor, like Ian Clark, who's not a great point guard. So I, I just don't get it. I thought he should have been on the floor tonight at some point, especially when the, the game was getting away from them a bit, just to see what he could do. 
And that was a question from Josh Tracy. He says, do you think we will see Jackson in starting lineup with Peyton out? Don't seem like it would be time to try and run him with all the starters. And you, you just never know, Josh. I, I mean, we've seen Alvin Gentry experiment with that fifth position uh, from Darius Miller to Solomon Hill to Tim Frazier, now Wesley Johnson. And we saw how ineffective uh, Wesley Johnson was tonight. Who's to say he doesn't trot out a new fifth starter uh, against the Bulls in the upcoming game? Kevin, let's go ahead and let's start previewing these things, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, the Pelicans are going to face the three and eight Bulls before they head to the two and seven uh, Phoenix Suns. The Bulls is on Wednesday at home in New Orleans before Saturday night's matchup, also in the Smoothie King Center against the Suns. Then they head to the road in Toronto on Monday. These are two very winnable games. The Pelicans need to get back into the win column. How confident are you that they can handle their business this week? Uh not not very i mean they need to they need to win those two because toronto is just a nightmare right now and like you were talking about them trying to match up to us by playing uh valentunas more i don't see them doing that i think they're a team that dictates what they want to do you see them resting Kawhi leonard and still blowing out the jazz right now or at least last time i looked you know that's a great deep team and i don't see why they they're not going to be scared of us especially going into their home court so we do need some momentum because you don't want to go in there licking wounds and then get your butt kicked big time by Toronto because, you know, that is a great team. You want to if you, you want to have some confidence going in there and win that one as a statement game uh, to then, you know, reemerge into the power rankings and have people talking about you as one of the good teams again, because right now we're been nothing but a disappointment for the last five games. Yeah, definitely. Grub. How are you feeling? David? I'll take over. <laughs> okay. Ali, go for it. All right. Yeah, Kevin couldn't have said any better. I don't know how anybody can have any confidence in the Pelicans right now moving forward because each game they have actually seemingly taken a further step back. You know, we were hopeful after that Denver Nuggets loss, right, because it was a close game. I was about a five-point loss where the Pelicans could have won. You know, Frank Jackson gets a steal. It's a, it's a one-possession game with one minute to go. So then they go and face the Golden State Warriors, who honestly, I thought, tried their hearts out in that first half. And the Pelicans wound up losing a 10-point game. Or it was a 10 – yeah, it was a 10-point game, I think, right? They lost by 10. So, But everything since then has kind of just progressively gotten worse where, you know, Portland kind of did what they wanted to. And then it got even worse against San Antonio where, you know, I expected them to come back and beat that team. I thought that the Pelicans would start off with those three losses that we mentioned earlier. Um, and then they would have bounced back against both the Spurs and then the Thunder. Obviously, I was looking at the team that started the season, not the one we're seeing now, who can't beat anybody. So I'm with Kevin that you just can't. I would, I would, if, I'm, if I'm a gambler, I don't go and make any bets on the Pelicans right now. Um, hopefully they get home. Hopefully that after a practice or two, maybe Anthony Davis – you know, somebody talks to him, gets him inspired, and therefore he's able to push the other guy's buttons. And somehow it's just that kind of domino effect that they'll get back on track. But until they do it, no, Preston, I'm, I'm worried about this team. And uh, it's good that they have two cupcakes. Let's, let's look on a positive side. It's a good thing that they'll only be asked to beat a couple of teams that are in the bottom um, of the conference in their respective conferences at home, you know, where they did get off to a good start and probably have still a few good memories. All right, Grub. Would you at this point give Solomon Hill and a first round pick for Rajon Rondo? <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I don't want Rondo back at this stage. 
You know, and that doesn't solve the problem unless you bring in Rondo back as maybe as an assistant coach to kind of just get on it. And his job is just yelling Anthony Davis. I mean, if that's what you bring him back for, but somebody has to take control here and draw a line in the sand. Whomever in that locker room says this is enough. And it can't just be, they can't just come out and beat two bad teams at home because they're bad. They need to stat reestablish the identity that they had. And Right now, the pace is being driven by their horrible defense and not because of their efficient offense. And until they fix that problem, they're going to continue to be in these games this way and playing down to the last minute. I mean, even just now looking at Fox you know, Sports and watching the demeanor of the team and AD being the leader and he's just floating in the background, it just, it just feels wrong. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't bet anything right now on this team just because it's not about the talent. It's not about... Um, you know, what they have on that roster, the deficiencies that they have right now, it's purely about the mental part of the game and the effort part. And they're not uh, coming up where they should be in either one of those areas. All right. Well said. Great work, you guys. Uh, sorry for the somber mood. Hopefully we kept you guys uh, a little bit uplifted with our, our back and forth banter. Uh, again, you've been listening to Ali Cosell, David Grubb, and Kevin Berrios. You can follow them at Ali Cosell, at DM Grubb, at Kevin Berrios, uh, or at Kevin B for Bounce. Uh, I'm sorry. Go to thebirdrights.com. Go to Crescent City Sport. We're constantly updating stuff. I think Zach is on the recap tonight, but you can check out my Nikola Miritich article today. Uh, we've got some good previews up that will be upcoming in advance of the game on Wednesday, and Ali going to throw some stuff at you uh why don't i turn over the floor to ali what can fans come to expect from you in the next two days leading up to the bulls game <laughs> i don't know i don't think anybody wants me to write right now because i'm gonna be too positive <laughs> All right, I don't know. Well, I'm, gonna I'm gonna be curious by what tomorrow they say in practice or i should say after practice to the media you know everybody they're going to be faced with a lot of difficult questions from us so it'll be curious to see what they say all right no softballs you guys Kevin, what are you working on, my friend? Uh, obviously, let me let me introduce first. You've got a new T-shirt. Uh, you posted it on Twitter of new Drew Holiday stepping over old Drew Holiday. Talk a bit about that, and then you can talk about what you're working on. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I uh, teamed up with my friend Donovan, who's much better at digital art than I am, and uh, made a shirt uh, that I've been talking about making for a while of uh, Drew Holiday, the new Drew Holiday stepping over old Drew Holiday, you know, paying homage to the Allen Iverson over Teron Lou moment just because I feel like Drew has just taken his game to a whole new level starting around, uh, you know, all-star game last year. His defense got even better and his offense has been incredible. Um, so um, made a shirt out of it and you can get it on Redbubble. You can go to my Twitter account, scroll down, find it, or just DM me and I'll hit you or at me and I'll hit you with the link if you're interested. Um, other than that, I'm working on, shelving for my house because I don't have any inspiration to write anything at the moment. Also working on adopting a dog, which I hopefully will have tomorrow. Um, so that'll, that's the good things. And then hopefully having a dog will inspire me to write something. <laughs> I think I it's know. quite the opposite usually. Uh, sorry. Were you saying something else? No, that's it. You're good. All right, perfect. Let's go over to DM Grub. Uh, that's where you can follow him. Of course, he also contributes to Crescent City Sports. Uh, you also cover LSU, uh, a lot of local athletics. Tell our listeners about some of where they can find some of your work. Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's been a very somber week with LSU um, after <laughs> Alabama uh, dismantled them on Saturday. So I've been dealing with the aftermath of that. And trying to figure out, um, you know, LSU can have a good season the rest of the way, but we're trying to just figure out what does it mean? What does it all mean going forward? 
And then, of course, um, we're about we're on the precipice of the high school football playoffs as well. So I'll be working hard on that. And then with the Pelicans, I'm like you guys. It's like, what is the angle right now? Because you don't want to be too negative and you're not going to get a lot of answers on those questions. But at the same time, it's something we have to continue to, to try to get a message out. And, and right now, I'm just struggling to figure out what it is that I want to say. Definitely. Thank you guys for your time. Although it was a somber episode, it was nice to have the, the whole gang back together, so to speak. Uh, you guys remember to go and subscribe to us on iTunes, on Spreaker. That's our new home base now. We are no longer at Blog Talk Radio. Remember to please give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to us, retweet, spread the word. We love and appreciate any help that you guys can throw us. And thank you so much to our questions from Josh Tracy, Waka Waka Wakanda. I know this was a bit last minute, so we appreciate the contributions there. For now, you guys, will be back when we're back. We're all very busy. <laughs> working multiple jobs but if there is a, a certain hot button topic that you guys really want to hear about make sure you reach out to one of us uh, make sure you follow me on twitter because sometimes if you throw me a question and you're not following me it doesn't show up uh, i have to go in anyway long story short uh, i'm preston ellis your host things are going to get better you guys we've got a cupcake hey. schedule coming up if things can't turn out rosier now then when will they uh kevin what were you saying yeah, yeah, one more thing. Uh, also, if you're interested, look in the new issue of Anti-Gravity Magazine, the November issue, because there is uh, an ad for us. Just, you know, if you want to check that out. But also, if hopefully you're listening to this early in the morning and you're going to vote, there is also a great voting guide in that magazine as well. So look for that. There you go. Voting guide. Make sure everybody goes out and votes. Uh, tomorrow's the big day over here. My wife and I are going to go there early in the morning. So make sure you guys do as well. But back to basketball. I'm Preston Ellis. You can follow me at Preston Ellis. And you guys, let's let's be hopeful. Things will get better. It's still early. Just 10 games in. It's a long season in front of us. And we'll be there with you every step of the way, as well as David, Ollie, Kevin. I'm Preston. Let's go, pals. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.